All right, welcome to the next episode of Steph Does a Podcast. And right now we are living the dream because we are in a car with Asia and Chrissy. Oh, and also a studio audience. We have a studio audience in the trunk, my friends. In, insert, insert audience sounds now. We are right now, we're going up a hill. We're driving into nowhere. Into oblivion. Uh, on a street that neither of us, uh, none of us have been on. And Chrissy has to be somewhere? Do you have to be somewhere? Yeah, but nine? only in a half an hour. She has to uh, leave in a half an hour to be somewhere at 9.30. Okay. Chrissy, when's your birthday? July 10th. July 10th. You're a cancer? Yep. Oh my gosh. Happy birthday. Um, did you get, did I send you, I know I sent it to Chrissy, did I send you the picture of despite all the sage, I'm still just a crab with some rage? <laughs> <laughs> no. Is that you, Chrissy? Yeah, that's <laughs> crab was like smoking a cigar. With an angry face on her. Like, this is who I am. <laughs> oh. I found my spirit. Oh, that's awesome. So, <laughs> how does it feel to be a cancer? Uh, it feels a lot like the crabs. <laughs> uh, it feels like a lot of feelings lot of in a bottle that was shaken, and the top is still on. In a carbonated bottle. In a carbonated, carbonated bottle. bottle. With the top song. Have you seen that that um, gif with the crab with a knife? Yeah, I feel like that. Wait, what? The crab has a knife, <laughs> and he's like coming he's at like the person with the camera. Like, I'm a fucking. Is that like? You. Is that cancer? Didn't cancers just have their season? Didn't something just happen in cancer? Yeah, it's particularly annoyed. Oh. Oh, I don't know. I've been particularly annoyed, but that's all. all I feel like my whole life. I've been particularly annoyed my whole life. I've been particularly annoyed. Yes. The stereotype of cancers is like that they're like emo. That they're really very emo. emo. Oh, is that like the whole emo movement? Oh no, they're not like that. I think I just wear a lot of black. I think I I used to be really into eyeliner. Oh, I think I just drove over a ghost. Okay, we are like in the Hollywood Hills. Would you say we're in the Hollywood Hills? Yeah, not like the fanciest. Like we're not like we're in we're in pretty fancy hills. Okay, well yeah, we're in the hills we can't afford to live in. There's some nice houses here. A lot of hills in LA. Um. So, yeah. And you're a Virgo Libra cusp. I'm into astrology. That's yeah. one of my things I talk about often. Um, Virgo Libra cusp. So. I'm well, a hot mess. What was your childhood like? <laughs> Girl, we did not have time for that. <laughs> Tune in next time when we talk to Asia <laughs> about her childhood. Tune in for the next 90, 20 minute segments of my fucking childhood. Oh, sorry, um, you're going to have to bleep that out, huh? No, we cuss here. Yes! That does a podcast. HBO podcast. I like it. <laughs> we don't censor ourselves here. Oh, that one's pretty. Whatever you feel. If you feel like crying, just cry. That's true. <laughs> if you want to just rage out and scream. True. Don't do that right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are in a close place. See, I just drove over another ghost. What are you talking about, ghosts? Did you not see it? No. There's like, there's weird low fog up here in the hills, and I just kind of will drive through it every once in a while. Like, I'm driving over a ghost. I'll see if I can find it again. I'll point it out to everyone. Okay. Except for anyone listening to this, because you can't see it. Oh, there's a guy right here. There is a guy right there. And there's also another guy over there with two dogs. There are a ton of homeless people in L.A. Well, yeah, if you're going to be homeless, you might as well be homeless in California. I mean, like, the question house. is, are they all homeless, or are they just mostly hipsters? Like, 
That's the question, really. Well, I mean, yes, homeless or hipster, but honestly, like, there are quite, there's a homeless problem in Los Angeles. Is that there a, is definitely a homeless problem in Los Angeles, but, like, part of me is, like, are you all homeless because you need to be homeless? Oh, seen if they're just, like, like, homeless out of, like, choice or something. Yeah, like, pitching yeah. tents because they're, like, I don't know. I heard they they're given like, tents. They want to live off the grid. I heard they're given tents. Well, yeah, because part like, of the homeless problem but, is, like, not having shelter. But yeah. then the other part of that is, like, depending on where you deploy said tents, if you are just, you know, building a tent city or pitching your tent in a neighborhood where somebody cares enough to annoy the police department, then they will throw your tent away. Well, I mean, there's, I mean, and there's also like that, like for me, I can't tell because I remember, I told you, I slept with that one guy who was like, might've been homeless, but might've just been a hipster. <laughs> okay, Ali Wong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, is that a thing? Like he lived in his van. I mean, it's not a, a thing. Adult, but... No, but hasn't it? I feel like I've heard that before, like well, homeless or hipster, like a game show yeah, or something. It is a, it is, it is a thing, homeless or hipster. And I was kind of like, I mean, you smell clean, so I'm going to go with hipster that just likes to live in his van. Well, I mean, I have a friend who lives in a van, and so he does need to shower at people's homes, like mostly friends, but I would imagine if you hook up and you're like, hey, can I use your shower? Yeah, but I mean, like, But like, he lives in a van by choice. Yeah, but he, li- I, I, yeah. I know you're talking about, he lives in a van because he's also, he also runs like a theater. Like, he's putting his money right, into his right. creative art. It was I a get choice. that. This other guy was like, I'm a comedian, and I drive places to do comedy. I'm like, but why does that mean you can't have, like, a apartment? <laughs> like, oh, right. But maybe he's just choosing to not put his money into rent. Like, that's I guess, a, but he definitely that's a was fair choosing point to sleep in with me, and then he kind of got too comfortable in my bed, and I was like, I have to kick you out. Because he wanted to sleep like, in a bed. I think you just want to sleep somewhere. It was only partially about you. Like, it was mostly really about you, and then it was mostly about the dog. Oh, yeah, he had a dog in his van. I know. It's really sad. That One I time, um, the homeless or hipster thing. One time I seen um, Brandon Boyd, the singer of Incubus, oh, at yeah. Venice Beach. But he, I straight up just thought he was homeless. Dude, Robert Downey. the dog until somebody went and took a picture with him. And I was like, oh, shit. That's a guy from Incubus. Dude, Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> straight up looks like a homeless person when he hangs out at Venice But he was like a hot homeless person. Well, Brandon I mean, Boyd. And, that's, and that's the hard part is like. Because you're sexy and homeless. Right. So what like, is happening here? These lights are very bright. Is it okay to sleep with you? That's like true. you're a hot homeless man. I say yes. I mean, yeah. It's okay. <laughs> Everyone needs a little strange. Some stranger than most. Yeah. But yeah. Also, just because you're homeless doesn't also, I mean. Doesn't you know, mean you're not like, deserving hom- of love. Like, homeless people get a bad rap, but just because you're a homeless person doesn't necessarily, I mean, doesn't make you like a fucking monster. Yeah, I don't think it makes you a monster. I don't know where we are. We might be in someone's driveway. Wow, these houses are kind of crazy. We found the fancy part. There's a very fancy, like, three-story house right here. That's a tree house. And there's a for sale. Let me get the number. Let me make an offer. Could we squat there? Whenever I see, like, a new house being built, like, constructed, I'm always, always bullshit. Like, oh, that's my new house. One time I was walking down a street and... This lady literally thought, oh, this is your house? Oh, okay. <laughs> and I was just like, I just waited for her to, like, leave. And I'm like, that's my house. You should, you should just bring... Joey from Friends. Yeah. Like, Joey with the Porsche, you should just bring a broom and, like, sweep out front like it's your stoop. <laughs> you know, I've never insane. really watched Friends. What? <laughs> that is insane. You have to watch Friends. Is that the reaction you get when you say that to people? I never really... I, I kind of keep it on the low. <laughs> I know about right the, the smelly cat thing. I know. Sure. I've seen that episode. Okay. That's it. And I know 
Rachel so you Ross. I was going to say, you wouldn't know enough about the show to be like, who are you? Are no, you Monica I'm not. Or Rachel or Phoebe? No, I know the characters. So, like, who would you be? Oh, who would I be? Yeah. Do you know them I would enough be to be like, who Courtney would you be? Courtney Cox. Oh, you'd be a Monica? Yeah. I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> okay, so you don't know the characters <laughs> enough to Courtney know. Cox. I don't know. <laughs> I'd be Courtney Cox in Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Oh, that's Does right. That I count? forgot she was in that. <laughs> All right. That's right. <laughs> no, no, we were on something totally not Marco Drive. Yeah, totally not Friends related, but Courtney Cox related. That, that is not. He's a chat. That's who I want to be. Do you get lost in the hills often? Oh, yeah. Really? We're fine. No, like, do you... Do you drive in the hills like this? Oh, often? yeah, yeah. I mean, not often. I used to do it all the time. Um, I just don't have the time anymore. But, yeah, I, I just like to take the drive in the hills. I feel like oh. this is, like, I feel like you're, like, hey, there's a oh, fancy car. I drive in the hills, and it's, it's, we're fine. But I feel like that's, like, a very white people answer. I'm, like, oh, I feel, yes. as a black person, I'd be, like, nah, man, I'm lost in hills. Sounds like a dangerous situation. For well, me. I She's mean. She's taking us to Jesus. There is a big, <laughs> giant cross glowing in the night so, on top of this hill. Anyone in LA, if you're driving north on the 101 and you see the big glowing cross on the hill, that's, that's the cross that we, we are, are now kind of at the base of. Yeah, the base of the hill. Ish. We're on that side of the hills. Um, well, no, the getting lost in the hills, like the hills have eyes hills, that's a different terror than like getting lost in the Hollywood hills. You're going to hit a freeway or a road or a forest. Like a oh yeah, there's a freeway right here. Yeah, like you, you can't really get lost. You will hit something that you know eventually magical i would have been like we're lost we're fucked let me turn on that's what trips me out about you aisha is that you never use maps like oh yeah no. any I mean, navigation really, system i will sometimes like if i have to be somewhere in any sort of time period you kind of have to yeah all right i'm gonna put the windows up so we can hear us okay oh yeah because there's more traffic now um yeah, I use like two map out. things. I use Waze and Google Maps, just in case. <laughs> just... Ah, damn it, everyone's going 90 around this blind curve. <laughs> ah, so, <laughs> <laughs> what else is up? <laughs> uh, what are we talking about? Let's trace ourselves back there. So We don't uh, have to. The hills have eyes and oh, homeless oh, people yeah, the and things. <laughs> yeah, we move forward. Move forward. The past is best. That's fair. Uh, but so, yeah. So, do you think... I feel like I always have... Oh, earlier when we were at the diner, I totally had deja vu. Like we, I have it all the time. Like, with you two specifically. Good. Like, like hearing you guys talk and, like, just being there. Like, I had deja vu. It was weird. But awesome. I have it all the time. It comforts me. It makes me feel like I'm where I'm supposed to be. That you're more supposed to what? Like, it's where I'm supposed to be. Oh, it's like a reminder. Yeah. It's, like, it's like a prophetic vision more so than it's like I mean it's still kind of like weird but like it's to me it's like oh okay like I, I know I'm supposed to be here this is where I'm supposed to be got it it's comforting it's a good way to look at it yeah I I've, yeah I like it it used to freak me out but now I like it it's like yeah I mean I think it depends right. on how you look at it it is still freaky because you're just kind of like wait a minute like I had it the other day I'm at the job that I have now where I'm like I remember feeling it I mean I don't remember how long ago but I remember the mo- the original moment when I guess you know for lack of a better word I had like the dream or the vision or wherever I saw it in whatever context probably I, I had a dream about it and I remember waking up and I was at a similar job in another location and I was like yeah no I was at work but it was like 
it was a different store and they were different people. And the deja vu component was like, Oh, I've met you already. That's weird. Like, how would I have known what you look like or who you are? Like if I, if you weren't even in my life, like it couldn't have been somebody then that I was just subconsciously inserting into a dream. Like I literally, I, Oh, okay. I was, I'm supposed to be here. I'm fulfilling something. I definitely had that. I've had several deja vus here in LA at like certain jobs or like living certain places, certain people that like, I definitely remember the points where I like, I had the dream or I had this, you know, this thought. And it was like when I was living in Dallas or living in New York and like nowhere near LA. Yeah. No and you're like, that's that weird. I, I don't, I just had a dream about people that I've never met before. Huh. Yeah. And then you don't think anything of it because nothing weird happened. You're just like, oh, I don't know. That was just weird. Nobody I recognized was in that dream. And then, you know, a year or however much period of time goes by and you're like, oh, so you have a the deja vu. So you have a dream about people you never met before? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I hesitate to use like vision, but like it kind of almost feels like that. Nothing at the time, because again, they're very mundane. Like nothing right. happens. Like I was at work, but I was like, yeah, that's weird. I. I was at work, but it was like, it wasn't the store. It just looked different and there were different people there, but I was just at work. So and then it kind of sucks to like have a dream where you're at work because it's like, <laughs> it's I'm place. in my dream. Like, this isn't real. Why do I have to be working right now? <laughs> yes. Well, do you, do you lucid dream? No, I, because I always think it's hundred percent real. Well, no, I'm saying I lucid dream. If you know that you're dreaming, you can start to manipulate things in your dream. So I, I haven't quite been able to like, <laughs> like fly or like, you know, or make certain things happen, but I've been able to start maneuvering within my dream to like, no, I'm like, oh, okay, well, I know that I'm dreaming. I know this isn't real. Let me go see what's over there. It's kind of almost like a choose your own adventure thing. So when you lose a dream, you, you know that you're dreaming and you can kind of like manipulate the events in your dream to kind of be like, oh, curious what would happen with this. Of course, it's all your own subconscious. So it's, you know, limited to what you know, it's not anything that would necessarily really happen because it's all what you would want to happen or what you're afraid is going to happen. Like I've had the ones where like my lucid dreams, I, I've changed things in in dreams before. It's not necessarily, I'm not intentionally trying to lucid dream. I've just changed it, Mm -hmm. but I definitely, I come, my dreams, I'm always very aware that they're dreams. Like in the back of my mind, there'll be like almost like a, a secondary narration of like what, like, it's like, I'm thinking inside of my dream. Like, Mm -hmm whoever I am in the right. dream or whatever I'm doing in the dream, I'm very aware that, like, I'm dreaming and, like, oh, I'm observing real. what's happening. It's very, it's very weird. Although, I will say, like, my dreams have gotten so much more mundane since I've gotten older. Like, I do have dreams about work or stuff, stuff like that, which sucks because I used to have the most entertaining stress dreams because I was always in the zombie <laughs> apocalypse. Zombie or apocalypse? It, yeah. I like my that's stress so dreams. That's so you. That's hilarious. <laughs> Like, it's, every once in a while, it might be like a ghost town. I've had ghost town dreams before, but I have a lot where, like, I'm in the apocalypse. Once I was in, like, the zombie apocalypse, there were also T-Rexes. I'm not really sure why. That's awesome that you were in, were they zombie T-Rexes? No, so we were in, there was, like, a warehouse that we were trying to get through to the other side because we were trapped inside of this town. We needed to get, like, basically to get out of, like, we were cornered. We had to go through the warehouse to the opposite exit. And when we got to the opposite exit, there were, like, just... Uh, oh, no, sorry, not T-Rexes, raptors. Oh! Okay. And that was random. And yeah, like, so that's we were just way like, more terrifying. Yeah, and, and they were, and like, cool. stampeding around, and we're like, motherfucker, it's like, this, there was nothing we could do. Um, You're like, walk quietly, and everything's like, no! Right? And, like, we, I've definitely had ones where I've had to save people. I do, a lot of the times I'm, like, the leader of some group, 
in the apocalypse very reluctantly, and I'm trying to, like, save my family or save somebody, you know, and that's not fun. But, like, my stress dreams used to be so much more fun. Now I, like, just have stress dreams about shit that actually happened at work. <laughs> like, some customer's yelling, and I'm like, God damn it, shut up! <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you guys, okay, you said they are more mundane. Do you think, like, dreams are, like, meaningful? Like, do you think that they're, like, like, kind of like a treasure chest into your subconscious unconscious yeah absolutely do you try to interpret your dreams or do you ever tell people and they try to interpret your dreams um i mean i usually take my dreams at pretty pretty face value i mean i'm sure somebody could probably have a field day with my dreams but i feel like my dreams are usually pretty straightforward i like to interpret i have like yeah i'm a huge fan of interpreting yeah, I mean, I'm I'm open to it. It's never, well, I guess, there, and there's been a few ones that I've written down where it's just like, oh, well, that was weird. I wonder what that was about. But like, nothing ever too crazy happens to the point where I'm like, oh, I need to dissect this. Usually, they're pretty, like, like you know, the dreams, especially when I was younger, the dreams where I was just constantly being chased like the, whatever yeah. was chasing me never caught me uh-huh. but I was constantly like in fear of something that was behind me or after me or chasing me I was constantly yes. running from something um yeah I had that recurring dream a lot a yeah lot, a lot, a lot. so I'm like I'm like that seems pretty straightforward <laughs> that's just you know yeah stress. you're like running from something you're like um, <laughs> from something running from myself sure there we yeah, go yeah I go that's so funny like mine are never running mine are always well I mean like running yes or I mean even it, if I'm like, walking but like something's chasing well, no, like, mine are never chasing. It's more like, like, like I've said, it's been, like, zombie dreams, so the world around me is toxic. Uh, but like, you've got a handle on it. Like, the, uh, or not even, not even necessarily always a handle on it, but just, like, but you I'm know, constantly like, living in a toxic world, or, like, uh, yeah. I've had ones where I'm literally in a ghost town, and I'm, like, I don't know that it's a ghost town, but, like, people are kind of, like, it's weird. It was, like, people were slowly dying in the town and, like, becoming ghosts, but, like, they still looked like people, but the air of the town was different. Like, the way people were responding to things were suddenly different. People were just... It was so... Like, mine are always, like, the whole world is, like, toxic, and there's not really a way out, just only a way to live in it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I also feel like that's pretty straightforward. That sounds yeah, like yeah. reality. Yeah. Um, I, I used to keep a dream journal... And, like, if I if I hadn't, like, I went back and read some of them, if I hadn't written them down, I would have never, like, remembered that I had those dreams and, like, with such detail, too, if you write right. them, like, right after, you the know? The detail is usually what's important because the broad, the broad strokes of what I remember, I'm like, oh, it was pretty mundane. But, yeah, I feel like if the ones that I write down immediately after it, that's when you look at the details. You're like, oh, that, that's weird. What was that about? <laughs> I, used to, I used to have this recurring dream. It wasn't, like, scary, but it was, like... The only, the only places I could compare it to are pictures I've seen of, like, Ireland or, like, Scotland. Mm-hmm. So, it's, like, a very, like, it's, like, a cliffy but, like, green kind of area with the ocean to the right. And there's a path and you travel by foot. And I've had this dream oh. maybe, like, three or four times and I'm going somewhere. Like, I'm on a journey. You're supposed to be on a pilgrimage. Yeah, girl. Clearly. You're on, well, I mean, you're on a journey. And it feels like home, wherever this place is. But you've never been there in real life? Like, but never, I've it? never, no, I've never seen this place in real life. Well, that's the thing, like, I feel like dreams can also be very much, like, like, I've had dreams where I'm like, I think this has happened to me, but, like, not in this life. Or I've had dreams yes. where, like, I know something's about to happen because I wake up in the dream, the dream feels different. I'm like, 
something feels wrong and like I'll like I'll know that something's coming and then within a couple of weeks it does and like I think like sometimes when I have dreams like that I'm wondering if it's like something that happened to you or is supposed to happen to you you know what I mean like it's trying to tell you something deeper than just like what your mind is thinking well I definitely am a big believer by the way there's the Hollywood sign I'm a big believer in like past life regressions and like being able to pull up past life memories and stuff like that yeah um we may not be able to do it like intentionally but I believe that you know we have we have memory like memories in our DNA from things that like we may not consciously be aware of because there's no way even if you don't necessarily believe in something like say reincarnation or that maybe you've lived a million other lives or somebody was once a dinosaur like there's still we're all made of matter and if matter can neither be created nor destroyed like there's some sort of like memory in the cellular structure of an organism and so the matter exists like and if it's existed essentially since the beginning of time if, if that's what we're saying like there has to be some sort of cellular memory like a, to like that collective yeah you know and they and they're, they're finding things like that about science and, and um, transplants and it's just it's not quite as intense like sometimes you know they make movies about oh in your eye transplant and you see their memories like that's obviously an over dramatization but you know the fact that you have like heart and livers and like certain body parts that have certain memories of like how they function and you know it's kind of it's very much fringe science but it's very very interesting about the idea that genetic material can store the concept of a memory if not like a memory per se um that makes you think of like uh which is probably exactly what you're talking about uh like genetic like trauma yes passed down through like you know your mom your mom's mom or your dad your dad's dad um that it may not even be something you have experienced, but you have it somewhere within right. you, and it exists. You know what I mean? Yeah, that concept. Or, or exactly. You, or you replay it because you have it already, you know, like in your lifetime. What's happening here? I don't know, but... Hey. Is that their lift? I think, I think that's their lift that just bailed on us. We have the Hollywood sign to the left, and we have... Tourists being abandoned by their lift <laughs> on the right. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's exactly like that. Like they're doing work into that, Always like trauma, because there's there's a very you know you think about nature versus nurture. There's definitely a component to passing down trauma in general, in the way that you treat people and raise your kids or treat your spouses. But then you know, is there uh, a component of genetic material that is passed down? Like how much, and they've been delving more and more into this with, you know, the concept of slavery and just like how much of our genetic makeup as people is passed on through our ancestors of traumas that happened to them. That's like so, so terrorizing that like it does terrify you on a genetic level, like that that's not completely out of the realm of possibility. I'm going to take a picture of the Hollywood sign while these tourists get picked up. Keep talking, Asia. <laughs> oh no! I mean, you think like, I don't think I, I don't can, think get you can get it. Oh, it. Oh, there it is. it is, and the moon is behind it. Nope, that's a light. <laughs> um, yeah, it's really, really interesting. Okay, got like, the picture. Fringe, fringe science fascinates me. I love, I love fringe science. I love just kind of playing devil's advocate and asking those questions. And I mean, there's just so much in this world that exists that we can't explain. So I just love kind of continuing to ask those questions and trying to quantify it. 
And then there was silence. <laughs> I, no I'm one not, else agreed. Uh, <laughs> no. Um, and then they threw Asia out of the car and walked home. <laughs> then we Wait, left her here. I don't know. It didn't really make sense, but I just kept talking. I, uh, I, I just went with it. I, I like um, the comfortability of being okay with silence. Oh, In yes. conversations. In podcasts, maybe. Like, I know some people do edit theirs so that there's not as many um, pauses or they don't say, um, as much, you know, <laughs> but I'm just trying, I'm just out here being human and just trying to record what, what happens, you know? Oh, is being human already taken as a podcast name? It's, it's a TV show, but they're actually about supernatural <laughs> beings. But if being human is not a podcast, that could be a podcast. Mine being human? Yeah. Watch being human, watch it, the British version, not the American thing. Right, it's a show, Being Human? Yeah. yeah, but it's about supernaturals. Oh, okay. <laughs> but can my, th- can my podcast be about humans? I'm out here being human. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. And me, like, floating through space somehow. <laughs> Just out here, trying to be a people. <laughs> you should call it trying trying to people. Trying to people. <laughs> trying to be human. Learning to be human. Um, I wanted to come hiking out here, but... Yeah, this is, so there's, uh, this the is Lake Hollywood, that. and that's the dog park under the Hollywood sign, which is great. And this is the hood. I have hiked out here accidentally. Accidentally? accidentally. Did your Lyft driver leave you? <laughs> three hours later. <laughs> it was like, a three-hour tour. So the comedian came to try to, like, hook up with me. I, I don't know. I'm not even sure what he tried to You went on the, the, the weird long hike with the comedian guy? Well, because we were supposed to be going on a date, and he wanted to go take pictures. He wanted to go up to the Hollywood sign and take pictures, mm-hmm. but we got there kind of late, and so we couldn't go through the gate up to the sign. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we couldn't get service to call a lift. Oh, no. So we just hiked all the way down to... Sure. Yeah, like, we, we hiked all the way down to... Do you know that little flower shop in the Rite Aid? Yeah. Yeah, like we literally passed um, earlier. Western, today. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. We hiked all the way down there and passed, actually, a little bit past that. But yeah, so we should. So I kind of inadvertently hiked from the Hollywood sign to Western. All right, nice. That does happen. Um, you know the thing that is very awkward about like dating? I was just like, everything. Yeah, everything. Well, well, like the, the main deterrent for me is like, okay, let's say me and somebody wants to go eat right okay but in this we'll take it to a more traditional sense it's a man me and a man are going out to eat whatever it's i get 2019. in i get in such a you co- eat with who you want to eat no no but i'm you saying a more, to, i'm taking it to a more <laughs> traditional because if it was me and a woman then i don't actually i don't really know what would happen there either like who pays for this i i'm kind of old-fashioned well oh, you're I talking would, about the delineate i would like the guy to pay i know that's old-fashioned and kind of fucked but but then I want to be a feminist, so do I just pay or do we just split it? And, like, the whole romance is dead after that. I've already went through this fucking thing in my head. <sighs> it's too <I'm> much. <laughs> and I'm she's done. Like, she's out. I'm going to weigh in and say, I, as much as, yes, I know that, like, the stigma is that, like, the whole girl's pay is, is, is um, or a guy's pay is supposed to be, like, kind of traditional and old and old-fashioned. Honestly, think uh, one. I think it's okay for girls to pay to some degree, but like I do like it when a guy pays. But I don't think that that's old fashioned. I think it comes down to like I don't know, like just what. what well, one first of all, just statistically speaking, men do make more money than us, so it's just common courtesy hey. to generally be like. <laughs> so just, 
Uh, I think get, that's you the get bigger part about more. men paying is the fact that they still make more than women. You still to the make dollar. more than us, so you know that's hey, the bigger component. With that said, if I'm like if I'm like the CEO of a company and the guy I'm going out on a date with is a school teacher, then no, I'm not going to be a dick about it. Right. You know, like well, because it's also know. I mean, not that the pay the income disparity doesn't still exist, but like that whole structure is so streamlined in a time when women couldn't have like bank accounts or like barely fucking had jobs. So like, it is just kind of left over. That's one of the things that we're phasing out. Like what does, you know, what do gender norms even mean? Like, what does that even look like? But, I also, but I men do still make the, more than women. I, will, I, also, I also do feel though, like, yes, one men make more than women, but also like kind of the conversation we were having earlier about like, not as many guys nowadays kind of try like, they've almost gotten right. to that point where it's like, well, it's whatever. So, you know, I can just ask her for the, like, literally, I've, I've told you this story before. I've had a guy, this is post-Trump's election. I've had a guy literally just straight up reach from a pussy. And I'm like, yeah. see, this is why well, I think, yeah. yeah. And so this is why, like, men paying, I'm not necessarily trying to say, like, oh, men have to pay all the time. But I do think that standard of, like, if we go out on a date, you pay for me. If for no other reason than to just keep guys kind of in line about, like, listen. Right. Like, there is a give and take here. I'm not saying you I, you pay for me so I fuck you, but, like, you know, there is a give and take of, like, put some effort in when you take me somewhere. Like, right. make effort into the, put some effort into the date. Don't just expect me to come over to your house and fuck. Like, I've had that yeah. offer a lot of times. I'm like, you're a strange, like, don't, random man. Yeah. Why would I just yeah. want to come over? Like, it's like, don't be, be like, rape hey, do you want to come over? And I show up and you're, like, not wearing pants. Like, like mm. No, like I think, I, I think there's still men are unfortunately the the society is still skewed for men to be in the position of power. So the structure where a guy pays for the date, at least the first date, and plans it and does all that stuff, is part of I think just kind of having a standard in place for women to be able to say, listen, I can't just come over to your house to like have a beer with you when I don't know you because that's a problem for me. You know, like it's just society just isn't completely equal yet and so for that reason I'd, I'd like a guy to like put in the effort pay for my meal it doesn't mean it has to be a super expensive meal it doesn't mean you have to be rich if you want to take me in a, to a picnic in the park that's cool but just put effort in to that first date and paying is maybe part of that effort right that's fair you know? yeah so okay so that makes me feel a little bit better like I don't have to feel like super fucking awkward if I'm like What's I think that? it's okay. Well, I mean, it is, it's all going to be awkward anyway because it's a brand new, you know, it's a new person. It's a new situation. And it's not, yeah. like, on paper, it's all just like, oh, you should just communicate. I'm like, I'm not going to meet somebody and be like, so who's going to pay for this dinner? Yeah. Like, you know, that's also kind of where it gets really awkward when you think about, like, are we going to hook up or not? You know, like, there's no, there is no necessarily give or take. Because even, like, you're using the example of a man and a woman. But then it's just, like, even if, if we're talking about gender roles, like, so you have a man and a man and you have a woman and a woman. So then, like, what are we going to, yeah. like, how do we assign gender roles to that? I think I, I think that one I would take personally. I mean, I've never necessarily dated a woman, so I don't know. But, like, I would say I would There's take that one as, like, uh, whoever asks. And this is also a rule I think that's fair to follow no matter what you are, like, what your gender is and, and what your sexual proclivities are. Mm-hmm. The rule of, like, if you're the one who asks the person out, then be prepared. True. That is, like, just that's a true. rule of manners. Like, if I ask my What friend, if I ask a guy out? Then, you know, I mean, maybe I'd at least, I'd at least, see, that's what I was going to say before. Is like, that's why I don't date, because I'm broke. (laughs) I'd at least offer to pay and let him, you know, be like, no, 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 I got it. Or, or go Dutch and let him go. No, no, I got it. Knowing full well that like, if I pay or I go Dutch that like, 
you know, he doesn't feel emasculated or like, you know, there's not that it's not weird. Like, I mean, if I invite a guy out, if I ask a guy out, I'm fully prepared to take him out to dinner. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of men would also not be like, no, 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 you're not paying. But it's just like at least offer because I invited you out or I like I would offer to split it. And then you have the opportunity to like insist that you pay or we can split it. And I'm fine with either of those. Like I don't offer and then I'm offended. I have to pay. Like yeah. a, a lot of girls like to play that game, not just with money, but they like to like do things and like ask like a trap. Like I'm continually assuring yeah. guys. I'm like, this is not a trap. Fuck that. I'm continually assuring people I'm not asking you to trap you. Like, I'm asking you because I want to yeah, know. That's one thing. I will say, like, though I do like the idea of a guy paying, I'm not the girl who's like, I literally am only going to go out with this guy because I get a free meal or I get right, a right. free movie or whatever. I have friends who have done that. And I'm like, I'm not trying to judge you, but, like, I feel like that's kind of crappy. Like, And that feels awkward to me, too. Right, like, yeah. I wouldn't want to do that either. Well, it's just, like, times is hard. We're all working for a living. Like, if we got to split this date, that's fine. It doesn't not make it a date. <laughs> Like, a lot of times, like, oh, did you split it so you're friends? Like, I mean, it might be a date, and we just split it because, like, we're all just working to pay our bills. I mean, yeah, and all of it's okay. I will say, though, I've noticed a lot of guys, especially here, that are okay with the and, – and kind of like to date the girls that, like, pay. want them to pay for everything. <laughs> you know what I mean? That want well, – that, 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 like, like, the girls who, like, want to be paid – like, want oh, okay. to be paid for and taken out. And, like, guys oh, know that, right. like, that To, like, girl fuss is, over them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like and like and they know the girl is like that. I'm like so like here I am. I'm like a nice, hardworking young woman who's like, like I've taken a guy out before for something, and like I couldn't even get like a happy birth. Like he, was, I was celebrating <laughs> something with him, and I couldn't even get like a happy birthday like a couple days later. And I was like, are you for real right now? Like, <laughs> like. But then you know I've seen the same kinds of guys like sit there and fuss over the girl who's like, pay for me, pay for, like like who acts like a right like, a damsel in distress. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'm like. One one minute we're not supposed to be damsel and you're you're irritated when we're needy or clingy or whatever the right. fuck. But then you treat the girl who's a damsel like you know like, like that's she's what I want. On a, you put her on a pedestal. I want to feel like, needed. Yeah, and but then the the thing is like the girl who's mostly functional on her own, but then sometimes wants your attention. You can't give it to because it's it's like all or nothing. You're either like with a ballsy woman or with you know, some damsel and you can't be with a, a woman who's just most women, normal woman who's like most of the time she's got it under control because she's a human in the world. Right. Well, because she's a woman in the world and yeah. we're expected to have everything under control. Exactly. Yeah. But she's still also vulnerable. Sometimes she's like, listen, I need you right now. Like, I need your attention. There, it doesn't have to be like, if you're strong, you always have to be. But I think the unfortunate reality of being a woman today is like, you either have to be weak or you have to be strong and there can't be a middle ground right. for us. We're not allowed to have that. And I, that's kind of, that's kind of crappy. I feel like I should be able to be with a guy that I'm Both. like, I don't need you to right. do everything for me, but it's nice that you do. I, yeah. I want. Well, that's the problem with even just kind of gender norms overall, but like even just figuring out the dating pool, even taking like gender norms out of it, the, the dating in general is like, ideally we're looking for a partner, whoever that may be, male or female, you know, whatever that looks like, but you're looking for somebody who pushes you in a healthy way and supports you when you need it, but doesn't suffocate you. I mean, that is the ideal. That's what everybody is looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even people who are like, Oh, I want somebody that needs me and I want somebody to take care of and a baby. It's just like, even the things we think we should want at the end of the day, we're all essentially looking for somebody to be a partner with and nobody that we need to take care of like a small child or nobody that, you know, needs to take care of us. Like, but that's, it's so hard to find because we're fighting against things we grow up with that we think we're supposed to want we're fighting against with things that we do want that we may not want forever like that changes all the time and kind of like you know being 
being able to be a strong and a vulnerable female, like that plays a lot into men too, like being able to be strong and vulnerable because then you might have those damsels in distress and they're all like, I'm so helpless. And if their man cries, they're like this fucking guy. Like, well, what? Like, okay. Like everybody needs to be able to have their feelings when they have, like we're fucking people. We're not machines for that reason. So true. I think it's like really sexy when a, one I think it's sexy when a guy cries I mean it's really awkward for me because anyone crying is very awkward to me like I'm definitely that I'm like Tina Fey and 30 Rock I'm like, <laughs> you're like, okay. <laughs> like but with that said I do think it's sexy I think that might also be because I get uncomfortable so I like I'm like if, a guy, if, I, if I'm dating a guy and he's crying in front of me I just like kind of climb on him like do you want do you want sex now? Is this good? It gets kind of weird because, you know, like, oh, crying is sexy. And it's just like, but it's like, it's a, it's a vulnerability thing. It's yeah. not even that it's so much about the crying. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just like, like emotional availability. Yeah. Anybody find, like, that's one of the things men find vulnerable about, like, well, quote, quote unquote, weak women, but about women who are vulnerable. You know, men love that they, like, feel needed and they need to be taken care of. Like, they need to take care of this tiny, fragile thing, which can sometimes rear its head in an ugly manner. But, like, women feel the same way when men are able to have emotions and they do have emotions because it's just like, oh, you're human and this upsets you. Like, okay, like, I, they can't, you know, yeah. whatever, however you deal with that, whether it's you deal with it awkwardly or you deal with it expertly. Like, you know, you don't want to necessarily be, like, mothering somebody. (laughs) Right. But it's just, like, being able to be that vulnerable with another person makes you feel, like... I did the good deed. (laughs) The Lord's work, as they say. (laughs) Well, because it's a trust thing. Like, you're able to be that vulnerable with another person, and so that's what's sexy, is, like, the, the trust. It is. Because we, you know, we date, and we spend... All of our, even our days when we're not on dates, but like we're, we spend so much time. Yeah, right. (laughs) We spend so much of our time like presenting our best self for like whatever. Like, I mean, just it takes so much effort. Can you, there are people that can't imagine, like, I'll go to work in the morning without makeup on. And not even that, like, I'm a troll, but they're like, oh God, I could never. And it's just like, but why? Like, it's fine. I've gotten more compliments, honestly, when I'm not wearing makeup. I mean, it's fine if that, you know, that makes you happy and it's something that you want to do, but like, we go on these dates and we pat our bras or dress all hot. And I'm like, there's, you know, you can dress and look sexy and wear makeup and do whatever you need to do for you. But if you're doing this because you're trying to deliver something you think someone else wants and that's what, and you know, we value that vulnerability of just being able to be fucking you. If that looks like if you're an ugly crier, like hell yeah. Cry it up. Yeah. People who don't like, um, Claire Danes because she ugly cries can suck my dick and suck my dick. She's like one of my because favorite people. Because it's like, first of all, you're in front of a, a fucking, uh, oh yeah, just so you guys know, um, Aisha and Chrissy are both actresses. But let me, I'm also an actress. I would like to say that having a camera pointed at you and be expected to cry is the most unnatural shit in the world. Oh, yeah. And you see people do it all the time and everybody's hooked on Netflix and all this shit because they get to feel shit with these actors. So it's no, it's no easy task. And Claire Danes, I fucking love you. Call me girl. I love you. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, so how do you not like somebody because they ugly cry? Like that is the most petty ass reason. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, like these somebody. people who are hating on her because like, she ugly cries, I know, but then we want to talk to you. Yeah. Like, this bitch is ugly crying and that's a problem for you. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. calm down. Like, I, I love, I love, like, as a child, I like watching, you know, I would, I had a, the DVDs of, uh, of my so-called life and watching yeah. Claire Danes be a teenager and, 
and not, I mean, I'm not pretty quiet. I get red and splotchy, and I'm just like, God bless this girl. Well, God like bless her, this girl who's working her, with the way her time. lips move, like, like when uh, she's like, oh my gosh, because she's really crying. I love, you know, I love thing. her. I love is her. That, ugly cry. Is that when it's real, it's real, man. And like, you know what? Really feeling that yeah. shit. Start, like videotaping themselves and they cry because I'm gonna just tell you right now. I think 10 percent of the world are pretty criers. Yeah. No, most people no, don't. Like, real emotion is is ugly and it beautiful, and it's beautiful because it's ugly. I don't know about that, but it's definitely hideous. But no, it, it, it's beautiful because it's ugly. It's beautiful because it's vulnerable. Like, emotion is, is ugly. Like, love is ugly as much as it's beautiful. Like, everything is a balance. Like, you know, you, you feel such deep emotion that you lose sense of what your face looks like when you're crying. Well, yeah. yeah. Like, like, I know a cry is, like, good and real. Even when I'm in it, like, and I'm, like, suffering, right? Because why would I be crying if I wasn't suffering on some level? When there's like drool coming out of my mouth, that's yeah. when I know that shit is it's real. It's just like grief. And there's like a part in the back of my head where I'm like, yeah, yeah. this shit is real. Yeah. <laughs> well, right. Well, yeah, that's, that's, that's crying at the same time. The camera. Right that's now. The, uh, the artist, 100%. Right. There's the actor. But yeah, right that's it. Because the grief, grief is just when you are so overtaken within an emotion, any emotion. Sometimes happiness is even ugly, like shit. Any emotion that takes over your brain function, you just lose all sense of what you look like. Because you don't give a shit any, what like, you look six like. Flags and right. look at the, you feel the happy, you feel sad, you feel sexy. I mean, God, a fucking sexy shit sometimes is the weirdest oh, thing. Oh, there's your girl. There's my girl. Euphoria. Um, Zendaya. Yeah. Killing it. No, but like, even what was it? Dogma said it so well when he was just like, oh God, have you seen you people mid coitus? Like, make the <laughs> ugliest fucking faces. Like, it's nobody so wants to think about looking like, ugly during sex. You're just fucking having sex. Like, what are these orgasm faces? No, some people do. Orgasm think about... faces aren't really that, are really not that attractive. But don't some people still like, like try to look like skinny or like attractive? Of course. Of course. During the act. Of course. Not actually in it. And like, probably you know, not like, having good sex. Yeah, they're not really having yeah. good Also, sex if you're fucking somebody like, and they're looking at the mirror, they're fucking themselves. Right? <laughs> and maybe that's fine with you, but just know they are not fucking you. They're fucking themselves. If they're spending more time locking I eyes with themselves in the mirror. Casey. Oh, Casey. <laughs> I, I don't feel, I don't think Casey fucks and looks in the mirror. I don't think, I, I firmly think believe he does. That, <laughs> I firmly believe that Casey only fucks so that he can look oh, at the Oh, no. I already got his heart broken. I think he's got a heart. That's cute. I'm not saying he doesn't have a heart. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying that his heart really likes to look at itself. I mean, <laughs> also true. I don't think he the man knows heart. what he looks like without a shirt button. So right, like he's definitely very aware of what he looks like. <laughs> One I time he winked at me, and I just one time melted. He told me I was his favorite person. <laughs> I yeah, he winked at me, and I, was like, <laughs> I like I was like taken aback. My hand went to my heart. I don't know if I did that on on the outside, but you inside, inside I was inside, like, like oh, <laughs> marry me, do me, like everything, like. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely a, haven't had the marry me thought, but I've had the I would do terrible things to you thought. <laughs> that's how. That's more like how it is for me. Like he'll do something, and like he'll like smile, and I'm like, listen, I hate everything about you, but I would fuck you up in the best I, way. Right? <laughs> I know. Hey, yeah, I, would, I think when he that's the best fucking sex, man. I think when he winked at me, I was like, don't wink at me, boy. You don't know what you're kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you wink at me. You don't know what no, this is. Don't even no. know they be winking and crying at people. They just this. Ah, uh, yes. Well, um, whoa, we're at 43 minutes, guys. Woo! 
You got a double, uh, what do they call it? A double wide. You got double wide this podcast. <laughs> yes, it's been fun. We're on Hollywood and La Brea right now. From the hills to Hollywood and La Brea. From the hills to Hollywood. Um, so yeah, thanks yeah. guys. This was fun. Thanks Chrissy. Y'all. Say bye. Bye. Say bye, Aisha. All right. See you guys next time. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>